genre. Welcome back to Rocky Minute, the daily podcast where we cover the movie Rocky one minute at a time. I'm Doug Greenberg. And I'm Jason Hayne. And with us this week is Yo Rocky, no, no, sorry, Yo Philly Rocky Film Tour guide, Mike Kunda. Hey, Mike, how you doing? I'm doing very well. You guys, uh, you guys are going to keep me in suspense here with this podcast. I'm so excited. I've never done minute podcasts before, so... If you leave it up to me, I'll drag it out to an hour, I promise. <laughs> well, you're not, you're not the only one. We've never done a podcast before, so we're, we're brand new to this, too. Well, you guys are doing well, because I've listened to some of the, the first ones you started doing on Rocky, and uh, I love it. You guys got a good play on the, on, the, on the sound here. I love it. Great. Thanks, man. Thank you. Uh, so, Mike, uh, in addition to doing the Philly Rocky film tour, uh, also co-host of the Slycast, which you guys cover all of Sylvester Stallone's movies, correct? That is correct. Those guys are insane maniacs, and they keep me on my toes. They're good guys. I love them. And you got you, you have the distinct pleasure of running through some of the greatest 80s action films of all time. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, absolutely. I mean... A child from the those guys are, are a lot younger than me, so uh, they they have a certain input that's very interesting in mine, and it's uh, we have a lot of fun. That's excellent. It's a great podcast. I suggest everybody go check it out. <laughs> so today we're knocking out minute thirty-one, which begins with an angry Mister Jurgens, and it ends with a happy Mister Jurgens. <laughs> so right. so Jurgens continues from last week that he has promoted fights in every goddamn country in this world. And he's broken his ass over this one, but he's out of ideas. Uh, what's Apollo's reaction to this, Jay? Well, Apollo, uh, you know, very <laughs> smart guy. He's a businessman. He comes up with a great idea of, uh, you know, if he can't get a top contender, which they've exhausted all of those possibilities, then we got to get a novelty, which I agree with. There's nothing people in America like more than a novelty. This is the idea minute. <laughs> this is this is it. This is where the whole this is where the whole movie comes together. The whole plan, everything comes together right here this is in a moment right now where we know what's going to happen rocky's going to get his chance and that's what's you know going down here but a novelty is i agree because we just recently saw this year we had the uh conor mcgregor mayweather fight and mm -hmm. you had the triple g and, and canelo alvarez fight and the conor mcgregor fight and conor mcgregor and floyd mayweather fight like stole the show this year and that was basically a novelty. It was, you know, something that's never been done before, something unusual, something. And do America ate that shit up. They <laughs> loved it. <laughs> that's very true. They did it that. They did it that. So Apollo, before, you know, before the uh, the light bulb goes off over his head, he has a few seconds of contemplation where he doesn't want to hear what, what Jurgens is saying. And uh, did you get a look at Duke's face, his trainer? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? What is Duke saying on his face there, Mike? You know, I, I, Duke has been in with, with Apollo. So he's I think he's learned to eventually go with Apollo on this. But 
even this is surprising Apollo or uh, uh, surprising Duke. And I, you know, I met Tony Burton and, and I spent some time with him. And and the thing that a lot of people don't know about Tony Tony Burton is that he was a major stoner. He loved his weed more than <laughs> anyone. I, I'm telling you, um, that's a, another story for another time. So it wouldn't surprise me if he took a, a few puffs before this scene <laughs> with Carl Weathers. I, I'm not that Carl Weathers did anything. But um, that that is uh, that's my little take on Duke. Yeah, Duke. He uh, well, well, we'll get to it later on in the minute. But at first, after Jurgen says he's out of ideas, he doesn't know what the hell to do. Duke just he crosses his arms and gives <laughs> gives Jurgen the the filthiest look, like he is not having any of Jurgen's shit. Very true. But Apollo, you know, after a few seconds of contemplation, you know, he comes to it. The revelation minute. Well, I think one of the things that Jurgens has a problem with is that he doesn't know his own name. This is something that's been gone back and forth in Rocky mythology. Was there a mistake in the movie? Did Stallone screw up writing the name? I don't know if you guys noticed this. I didn't hear the, the minute before this or, or, or when Mickey tells uh, Rocky there's some guy from Miles Jurgens' office looking for you. Well... Mm-hmm. He's referred to as George Jurgens and Miles Jurgens, Miles Jurgens production. So the only thing I think that makes any sense, it maybe it's some type of nickname that people in the boxing world or in that boxing world would call Miles Jurgens and maybe maybe Jurgens is uh maybe he's going back and forth with an identity crisis between George and Miles. Did you guys pick that up when you watch Rocky? No, I didn't. Did you, Jay? No, no. Yeah, they they call him different names, and uh, he's listed in the credits as Jurgens. But um, it's uh, you know Mickey when Mickey's uh, Rocky standing in the gym, and of course Mickey's like, yeah, there's some guy from Miles Jurgens wants to see you. You put me on. Yeah. You kidding? Yeah, they were here about an hour ago. Yeah, what do they want? I told you before, you dumb dago. <laughs> oh, for six years I've been coming here. You've been putting me. So, anyways, um, uh, it's uh. That's one of my favorite scenes, but uh, I I always wonder if other people catch these little um, these little things uh, that that are in the Rocky universe. So apparently you didn't, and we'll just move on. Yeah, I knew Miles. I didn't know uh, that he was also referred to as George. Oh yeah, where's that? Where's that happen? So uh, when he meets, of course, when he meets uh, when him and Apollo were talking, I think someone calls him George, and then when he meets Rocky, when Rocky comes through the door, he obviously, uh, he says, George Jurgens, and then he says, have a seat, Rocky, so, and then Mickey, yeah, and then Mickey, of course, calls him Miles Jurgens. so, yeah. yeah, so anyways, just one of those little things, it's like the, uh, the shotgun, or the hunting rifle in Rocky's apartment that, uh, you know, we see later when he brings Adrian there for the first time. Right, 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 interesting. Oh, I didn't notice that. I'll be looking out for the shotgun soon. When do we get to that? It's coming up. Huh? Yes. Yeah, coming up in like a couple of weeks. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> I'll be on the edge of my seat. <laughs> that's right. That, that's when uh, that's when Rocky kind of beds Adrian. Oh, spo- spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. My God. What am I doing? Uh, all right. So Apollo launches into his monologue about uh, the novelty idea. Yeah. He calls he calls America the land of opportunity. True. So he's going to give a local underdog fighter an opportunity, a Snow White underdog. He is he is really driving home this point that it has to be a white fighter. 
Why is that? Well, I mean, that was that's what happened with Muhammad Ali and Chuck Webner. Um, you guys know the story about Chuck Webner and how it relates to Rocky? Yeah, but we didn't know um, the background to that fight. All right, actually. so very quickly, Chuck was ranked eighth uh, in the top ten, and uh, he wasn't a particularly phenomenal fighter, and it was in between Frazier 1 and Frazier 2 when Ali chose Wepner, but it wasn't Ali's idea. It was uh, Don King's idea. Nobody wanted Ali to get hurt. They wanted him in great shape to fight Frazier for Frazier 2, but the problem was he, uh, he, uh, he was now champion. He beats Foreman, and Ali is now champion, and he's got to keep up his title defenses. So they want him to pick someone who's going to be very easy to beat, uh, but yet in the top 10. So there was a bunch of black guys in the top 10, and Don King says, Let's go with the white guy. Let's give the white guy a chance. That, that was put on flags and banners. You know, it was always, you know, give the black guy a chance. This was give the white guy a chance. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Chuck Wepner had then drafted a poem to rival Ali's poem about was fighting, and it was this whole thing. Anyways, um, uh, I believe that Stallone was so influenced by the events that took place around the Chuck Webner Muhammad Ali fight, he transferred some of those. Or at, at least I could say Sly was, um, Chuck Webner was the catalyst for many of the events that took mm-hmm. place in Rocky. So that's why I felt we get a white fighter instead of maybe a higher ranked fighter that wasn't white, maybe it was Latino, black, whatever. So that kind of even supports Webner's lawsuit because. <laughs> Uh, there's more involving the background of the fight too that that Sly took took to. Uh, yeah, there, there was a lot. You you know, I'm my I'm finishing my second book now, which is about Chuck Webner, and uh, I've become very close friends with Chuck, and I've interviewed him uh, for two years and a lot of people around him, and you know, the, I, I was familiar with the court documents, and and I, I have to tell you, I, there there comes a point where I think Sly felt backed into a corner and didn't give Chuck enough credit during the lawsuit. And I think Chuck made it appear a little too much in his favor that he was the sole inspiration for Rocky because, um, you know, I, there was a lot of people that were, were the inspiration for Rocky. There, it was a, it was a, you know, like right. he, they, it, Stallone put several people into like this mental blender, including himself and out comes Rocky Balboa. So, um, the uh, at the end of the day, the judge uh, suggested to Stallone's camp that they settle out of court, and that's what they did. That's a real interesting story. Wow, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's a lot. There, there, there's so much uh, to it. I, I mean, I don't want to monopolize all of it on on just that topic, but there, there, there there's a, a fascinating background uh, between uh, Chuck and and Sly and the stories that uh, that I've been writing about. It's um, it's it's amazing. All right. When's that book coming out? So. You know, Chuck's movie just came out uh, in May, and it was on DVD. Came out on DVD, I think, in August. Right. And I'm, I'm uh, the last chapter I'm, I'm writing right now. It's about the movie and how the world is reacting to the movie, how Stallone reacted to the movie, how it was reviewed, and how everything, how it all changed Chuck's life, 
it, he and his wife Linda, how, how their lives have changed. I mean, when you have a major motion picture being done about your life, and you have a big player like Leah Schreiber, mm-hmm. I mean, and Naomi Watts playing Linda Webner, that's a huge, huge deal in a person's life. So uh, I have one publisher right now that's interested in it. They specialize in boxing uh, periodicals and books and whatnot. So I'm. I'm hoping once I hand this over to them, someone will have take pity on me and say, oh, let's give this fool a shot. <laughs> I hope. I hope. Well, good luck, man. Thank you. Thank you. But anyways, that's, that's where a lot of this comes from. Uh, and, uh, you know, Sly had been very gracious for years acknowledging uh, Chuck's inspiration or being the catalyst to inspire Stallone to to write Rocky. Rocky was going to come out in some form. He was going to come out as a as a as a, a cab driver uh, in Philadelphia who runs for mayor and cleans up the town with a Rocky esque point of view. But after you know Stallone wasn't sold on that, and after seeing the the Chuck Webner fight, that's really what changed his mind. He was like, "Oh my God, this is it! This fight! This this!" supposed stumble bum is going the distance with Muhammad Ali. That's my end of the movie. Now I just have to get the character to the fight. And, you know, that then became Rocky. So so he was writing Rocky either way. It was just what form would it take? Oh, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't. Rocky could have come out as a cross-country skier, a runner. He could have come out a swimmer. Uh, he, he was even going to try Rocky as an actor. It maybe it wouldn't have been called Rocky, but, uh, he, you know, that the, the idea, the concept of Rocky. But uh, Stallone had always felt, ah, no one wants to read about a struggling actor. That's not interesting enough. But if he could put his own ideas into the body, the physicality of a fighter like Rocky, okay, now you have something. Now, now, now you've got something people could sink their teeth into. And I don't know how you guys feel in general about Rocky, but the one thing that I, I love to punch people in the mouth verbally with is when they tell me it's a sports movie. Rocky mm-hmm. is not a sports movie. It's a love story. The sports is about nine minutes of it. That's it. Right. Maybe 12 minutes of the movie. You'd be you, you'd be equally uh, to call it uh, a pet shop movie. Boxing, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just what they do. It's the story of these two supposed losers who they see themselves as losers, but they come together as one, like, winning team, you know, one one person. And that, that this is why I think Rocky endures for 41 years. Yeah, and continues. Oh my God, it continues. It's 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 amazing. You know, I I, I work with tourists uh, on a, on a daily basis, and I mean, all year long, we we see thousands of people that come from all over the world just to take these these Rocky tours and see all the filming locations. That's insane. It's it's absolutely insane. And I always tell people, you know, you can't fly the Millennium Falcon. You can't put on Superman's cape and fly, but you can run the Rocky steps. You can go to the streets where Rocky walked with Paulie or Adrian or Butkus and, 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 and touch that, you know? And I think it's a very visceral experience for a lot of people. Anyways. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that, uh, the, the, the fighting part only takes, what'd you say? Like 15, 12 minutes, N- or nine or nine or 12 minutes. It doesn't take, it doesn't take long. It's still going to take us about three weeks to cover it. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I, hey, the one-minute podcast. That's the, that's the It lives up to its name. You know, that's great. That's great. All right. So Apollo Creed calls himself sentimental, and he, he believes that the country is going to eat it, eat it up, eat up the fact that he's going to give an underdog a chance. 
And he, he insists on it being a local boy, too. Local Philly fighter on the country's biggest birthday. So uh, so after uh, Apollo delivers his monologue, he goes, um, you know, Jurgens gets up. Go go back to the uh, to the clip because Jurgens gets up and then from right from in between the two, the space in between Jurgens and Apollo, <laughs> you see Duke kind of rise from the ashes. Yeah. With this big, big smile on his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. cool. He realized a great idea as well. There it is. You know, he's uh, um, my brother pointed out that. He was pissed when Apollo's pissed. He's happy when Apollo's happy. It's like, uh, you know, like he's he's looking out for Apollo. Like he's more than just his trainer. He's also um, vertically challenged when jumping. Uh, if if you go back and you watch, I think, I, and here's it's been a while. It's it's been a little bit, but if you go back and I think watch Rocky three and Rock and Rocky four. When Duke mm-hmm. jumps over the ropes to get in, he's in such a hurry in between rounds, he like falls and trips over the ropes yeah. and lands on his face. But and, and when he's and one of my favorite lines, he's he's telling the ref in Rocky Four, "This is supposed to be an exhibition," and the spit is flying everywhere. Oh, it's 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 so it's so phenomenal. It's it's so phenomenal. When I you, I gotta yeah. tell you this quick story. I was doing a, a gig in Cherry Hill one time, so I'm all dressed up as Rocky, and uh, I'm walking around, and Jerry Cooney's there, I'm talking to him, Buster Douglas is there, some of the Eagles, um, uh, one of the guys from Starsky and Hutch, um, uh, Laverne and Shirley were there, like it was, there was a lot of stars from the 70s, and here's Duke off to the side. And, uh, oh, in back of him was um, uh, Martin Cove and Johnny Lawrence, the, the bad guy from The Karate Kid. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, yes. Well, anyways, so I come walking down. I come walking down the aisle, and Tony uh, Duke sees me, and he goes, oh, my God, Sly, what are you doing here? And the closer I got, his pupils were dilated, and he smelled like weed. And he goes, oh, my God. He goes, man, I thought you were Stallone. So we started talking, right? And then, uh, so, I, but I had to go back to work. So I came to see him at the end of the day. And, we're, and I got my hat and my coat off. I'm just standing there with him. And... Um, I, uh, I said, hey, I got these gloves. I said, we'll just sign, uh, throw the damn towel. So at this point, <laughs> he he was so wrecked. He's 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 writing, throw the damn towel. And he looks at me and he goes, how do you spell damn? <laughs> I, thought, I thought, any way you want, my friend, it's fine. And uh, so it was really great. I, I've got this great picture of me and him doing the, the rocky fist under the chin. You know, it was yeah, just a yeah. good time. That's awesome. Tony yeah, Burns gets just- blazed. Oh, it's, it's he was out of his mind, man. But a great guy, yeah. really nice, really nice guy, really nice guy. Didn't well, it was kind of recent though that he died, right? Yeah, he actually was going to be in Creed, but his health had deteriorated. Mm-hmm. Um, the the scene where we we get, I guess, Duke Junior, you know, to, like kind of berating Adonis not to fight or whatever. That was supposed to be Duke, but he just his health was uh, not good. Yeah, yeah. That's a shame. Yeah. Big loss yeah, for good. the Rocky community. Oh, my God. Big loss. Uh, uh, rest in peace, Tony Burton. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. You're here. All right. So Jurgens loves this idea. He says it's, it's very, very American. American. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And he shakes his fist in like a, only they, the way they did in the 1970s. There's that, that, <laughs> that very last uh, <laughs> yeah. frame of the minute where you have Jurgens. You see him from behind. So you got the back of his head. He's got his fist out. 
Apollo's right up in his face with a determined look on his face, and there's a Duke in the background <laughs> smiling away, and and you you know you realize that this is a this is a great idea all around. Yeah, I love the way the, the frame is the, the shot is framed. Of course, if you're watching the movie, you're not even gonna notice this this second. But <laughs> all right, uh, yeah, and that's how it ends. But Apollo, before the oh. last thing Apollo says is no, Jurgens. He's gonna add to it. He politely disagrees that it's not very American. And we're gonna have to find out tomorrow what he what he thinks about it. Well, before we tu- before we tune in next week to find out what he says about this, <laughs> do you guys know the story on the office here that they're in? It's a uh, Winkler's office. Yeah, it's Winkler's office. But two things: it's the same office that they use when they do the fight press conference coming up, and the backdrop. When you look out the window and you see the Philadelphia backdrop. Mm-hmm. That's actually a backdrop of New York City that they used that they put in front of the the office, uh, and if you watch very carefully, you can see it shimmer. The people holding it taut didn't hold it tight mm-hmm. enough, you act, so you can actually see it shimmer if if you're watching closely. But that usually only happens after you see the movie six seven hundred times, like me. So. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, this this office was on the MGM lot. In True. L.A., right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so they had to wheel in the the, the backdrop. Exactly. Uh, why don't you let us know what your your history with the movie is, like when you first saw it and like your feelings about it. So I was um, eight years old in 1976. I never saw it in the big theater at that point. So I was 11 years old in 1979. It premiered on TV for the first time. And I had um, some serious issues in the schoolyard with schoolyard bullies. Uh, you know, a lot of kids have that, but it really affected me in a, in a unique way. The way I thought to handle it was the year before, when I was 10, my parents bought me a Halloween costume. It was a Superman Halloween costume. So what I used to do to protect myself, I would wear the Superman costume underneath my school clothes and my shirt would get bunched up with the cape, right? So I'd go up beyond the schoolyard and uh, the schoolyard bully would literally rip my shirt and the cape would come out and as Rocky would say, thereby exposing himself to the, you know, public. Uh, so every, you know how kids are. Kids are very mm-hmm. cruel. So they would start taunting me about my Superman costume. So I came home and my mother's like, you know, maybe you don't wear the costume, whatever. My father was a little worried about it. So a year goes by, Rocky comes out. It's this big success and I'm still having problems. And he goes, he goes come on, let's watch this movie. Maybe you might find something interesting about it. Now, I come from a middle-class home. My parents were always there for us. We always had a vacation. Bills were always paid. Uh, I, uh, what in the world would draw me to a 30-year-old leg breaker for the Philly mob who was a third-rate fighter uh, who smoked? So, like, yeah, sure, Dad. <laughs> so we're sitting there on a Sunday night, and the announcer says, and now... Rocky. And of course, those big white letters scroll mm-hmm. across the screen, and you hear fanfare for Rocky, Bill Conti's unbelievable music. And I literally felt my DNA begin to change. It, it, the, I could imagine these little cleft notes, these musical cleft notes coursing through my veins and I I was speechless and slack jawed through the whole movie nothing and I'm telling you nothing moved me like this before I seriously felt this was the purest form of inspiration I had ever heard at my age of 11 years old 
the night before I went to bed after the movie, I took one of those grease pencils that you would write uh, on on the tin foil on the freezer. My mother mm. would write on, the, on what the food was, and I uh, I wrote on the back of my gray sweatshirt Italian stallion, <laughs> and I wore nice. it to school the next day. But the problem was I was an idiot and I couldn't spell, so I spelt Italian stallion wrong. So I was just more of a bullseye for for the students to pick <laughs> on me even worse. And uh, it just grew from that. When I was 13, the, the beatings continued. My grandfather heard about it. Oh, my God, it was brutal. Oh, my God. My grandfather heard about this, and he knew my, my, my love for dressing up like movie characters. So he calls me up to his house one night, and he gives me his um, – he, he, he says, Mikey, I have something that may help you. And he reaches up to his shelf and he pulls down a hat box. And it's his old black fedora that he gave me as a young, that he wore as a young man. He's now giving to me. And then he hands me his old black leather jacket. So I put it on. I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, my God, Grandpa, I'm Rocky. And he goes, yeah, he goes, you know what? You got a look here. You kind of look like Rocky. He goes, but you got to learn how to throw a punch. He goes, these people are all, they're never going to leave you alone. You're always going to be running. So... I didn't want to hear that because I didn't want to get hit. And I didn't want to hit anybody. At that time, I was not like an alpha male type. I still really am not like an alpha male. So I'm, I'm more like a talker guy, as you could tell. So <laughs> so anyways, you didn't notice. Uh, yeah, you didn't notice. Exactly, exactly. My wife is always feeding me shuddy stew, you know. <laughs> so... But that, but anyways, that's the long and the short of it. That's how I, I fell in love with the character of Rocky, and uh, I tried out for high school sports. I never did very well. I was always like the last one on the bench. But the thing was, Rocky was always on the bench with me. When I was sitting there alone, he was the one that kept me company, and um, I love this character. It's never been about the money. It's never been about the muscles or anything. It's always been about just trying. It, even if you fail try so you know there you go that's well, kind of like a like a no uh, what, what what's that when when there's like a like divine um yeah cause for for us to find you because i i was just on twitter look, looking through rocky pages and stuff and and i came across you it seems like the rocky community is pretty expansive yes like there's a lot of people that devote i mean there's a bunch of other podcasts out there um, as well as people that love and found inspiration from the movie. Oh it's my incredible. God! Oh, you're 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 totally right. The, the, there are people. There's something, something I get on my job that I normally would not ever be able to have. I'll get a call from. Uh, I'll get an email from a mother in Canada, and she'll say. Um, our family's coming down to Philly in two days, and uh, my son's a big Rocky fan. He's 11 years old, and he wants to he wants us to take the tour. I would have already been working two tours a day for about 18 days straight. So I take a day off and I tell, uh, I say, no, no, I'm not going to be in Philly on this day. So she sends me another email and she says, you know, Mr. Kunda, I apologize for pushing the issue, but here's the thing. My son just went through the rarest form of cancer an 11-year-old can have, and he went through two rounds of chemo. And when he went through chemo, he would watch Rocky on a DVD player, Rocky 1 and Rocky 2. An 11-year-old in 2016 or 2015 fell in love with the character of Rocky when there's so many other distractions they could have. And the mother said, well, 
you know, anywhere you want to go, when you beat cancer, I'll take you anywhere. You want to go to Paris, you want to go to Florida, anywhere you want to go. And the kid said, Mom, I want to go to Philadelphia. I want to go to Rocky. I want to see where Rocky ran. So she Googled Rocky Tours. I came up. Now, how the hell are you going to say no to Cancer Kid? Oh, yeah, you can't. You Ooh, can't. that's bad karma, pal. That is bad right. karma. <laughs> So you go down, and I, I really I really put a big show on for this kid. I really, the hat, the coat, the bruised eye, the, the cut-off gloves, the sweatshirt, everything. And uh, so, okay, we go through the tour. He sits up front. This, this kid, I think his name was John. This, this kid, had he had more cojones than any adult male I ever met. I mean, this kid is, he was tough. So at the end... We're all running up the steps. Of course, he's leading the way, and he—he's—we're on about the fifth step from the top, and he's up there jumping around with his arms up. And I look over my shoulder, and his parents are crying, and I start to cry. But this kid—he didn't know he should have been dead. All he knows is he's in Rocky, Rocky Land, and he's—he's he's jumping around on the Rocky steps. And, you know, six months ago, he just saw this in a movie while he was getting chemo for his cancer, and uh, it was the most beautiful experience, one of the most beautiful experiences I've had. And you get to see this, and and it renews my faith in uh, at a time when we're in very difficult uh, surroundings in this country right now. So that's one of the big pluses I get from uh, my tours. Yeah, that's a great story. Right. I mean, there, there's many ways you can get inspiration from Rocky, and you just told us the most heartwarming one possible. It's about not giving up, fighting, it all fits in. Yeah. Yeah, Jason, exactly, right? I mean, here's a little kid who, who has no idea he's probably four months away from dying. Uh, he beats the odds. He, uh, he literally goes the distance with chemo, knocks out cancer, and the kid, who knows where he's going to go in life? Who knows how Rocky will influence, continue to influence him? And I only, I, I only hope that he, he uh, keeps uh, updating me on, on how he's doing in life because nothing, nothing humbles me more than when I hear these stories. Maybe we can get him on the show one day. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Sorry. Would that be something? I, I got some in my my eye. You'll have to excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What? Uh, where on the World Wide Web's can uh, our people find? You? All right. So I, I'm on Twitter. I'm 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 on Facebook. Uh, you can Google my website, the Yo Philly Rocky Film Tour. Uh, there's a lot of pages. You can go through them. You can see videos and pictures of me. Um, my first book, uh, Cue the Rocky Music, which is uh, all about practice and timing. It's sort of an abbreviated version of my life and how I became uh, an acquaintance to Sylvester Stallone, my time on the set of Rocky Balboa and Creed, talking with all the major players, my, my friendship with Burt Young, how that all came to be, and the time I um, boxed... Uh, Apollo Creed for about 45 seconds in front of <laughs> 500 people in Philadelphia, which is a great story. Really? Yeah. So check it out. Yeah. It's all there. Excellent. All right. As for us, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Rocky Minute. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Our page is Rocky Minute. And we have a listeners group called Mighty Mix. That's M-I-C-K-S, like the gym. Uh, you can find us along with a bunch of other minute by minute podcasts and other podcasts uh, on duelinggenre.com. And uh, forget anything? Nope. Our email is rockyminute at gmail.com. We do have an email. <laughs> we get an email. 
And uh, if you are so inclined, why don't you head over to iTunes and give us a review, hopefully a good one. We appreciate everything that, uh, all the kind words that we're getting from our listeners. Mike, do you want to come back tomorrow and join us again? Listen, I would love to come back and uh, talk more about uh, Jurgens because that's the way I see it. It's very American. No Jurgens. <laughs> very right. smart. What a great way to end. All right, we'll see you all tomorrow on the next Rocky Minute.